Forecasters say we may see a warmer-than-normal winter. And rail service between Reading and Philadelphia is a step closer to becoming a reality. Welcome to The Morning Agenda, WITF's daily news podcast where the only agenda is you. First, a note about support that comes from the city of Lancaster, helping create a magical holiday season in Lancaster City by offering shopping from nearly 150 small businesses to find gifts for friends and family. More details at visitlancastercity.com. A good morning to you. It is Tuesday, December 12th, and this is being recorded at 9.15 a.m., I'm your host, Tim Lambert, as we take this daily trip around the region's top stories together. So let's get started. A project to restore train service between Reading and Philadelphia is receiving backing from the Federal Railroad Administration. My colleague Gabriela Martinez reports county leaders say it's a milestone for the effort. The Schuylkill River Passenger Rail Authority has been accepted into a federal program that funds intercity passenger rail projects. As a first step, the authority will also get an initial grant of $500,000 to start working on a service plan. Thomas Frawley, executive director for the authority, says that being in the program increases the likelihood the project will be implemented. Okay, once you're in the Carter program, the CIDP, you know, there's there's a sort of a, a commitment here between the grant, the grantee and the Federal Railroad Administration that as we progress, that they would continue to fund the, the subsequent steps. It would calculate how many people would use the line and how much revenue it would generate. The authority's proposed passenger service to Philadelphia would be operated by Amtrak, and it would include stops in Reading, Pottstown, and Phoenixville. Well, this winter may be warmer than usual, following a trend over the past few years. Sydney Roach is with our friends WPSU and State College and reports on the outlook from the National Weather Service. Jonathan Guzman is a warning coordination meteorologist with the National Weather Service and State College. By and large, since in the late 1970s, 1980s, we've seen an upward trend essentially in, in overall temperatures. Guzman says even if temperatures are warmer than normal, there will still be snowstorms and ice throughout the winter, according to National Weather Service outlooks. So still best to prep everything now, especially with the holidays days getting here and looming and and make sure that you've got safety kits, things in your car, keep you warm, non-perishable food, flashlights, uh, all that so that if you are caught, if we do get a significant outbreak or winter storm, you're prepared early. Now, Guzman says this is an El Nino winter, which means the water in the Pacific Ocean is warmer than normal. He says that typically leads to more rain and snow in the southeastern part of the state and less precipitation in the northwest. Federal tax credits meant to drive investment to energy communities in low-income areas are working, according to a recent report. My colleague Rachel McDevitt has more on the new analysis of last year's Inflation Reduction Act. The IRA put a lot of money toward clean energy measures meant to address climate change. Pennsylvania Senator Bob Casey says he pushed for a bonus tax credit for companies investing in communities that historically produce energy from fossil fuels. You can't just say to a community, well, the the economy changed and, and there's nothing we can do about it. You got to do something about it. And we're 
We're well on our way to doing that with this legislation. A report from the Rhodium Group and MIT shows energy communities make up 19 percent of the country's population, but they received 37 percent of clean energy investments in the year since the IRA passed. More than half of Pennsylvania qualifies as energy communities. Several companies have announced plans for clean manufacturing or renewable energy, but most projects are still in the planning phases. And police officers responding to a reported burglary at a home in Schuylkill County shot and killed a man who lunged at them with a machete. State police say officers from Shenandoah and Mahanoy City had responded to the home after midnight last night. The property owner had video surveillance in the home because it's vacant and reported seeing someone in the house wearing a mask and with a big knife. The officer soon found 32-year-old Byron Schuring of Shenandoah under a bed upstairs, and when they moved that bed, he lunged at them with the machete. A Shenandoah officer then fired one shot that hit Schuring, who was pronounced dead at the scene. So when I got in the office this morning, I went through about a dozen news sites across central Pennsylvania just to look for a few stories to put on your radar. Maybe they cover issues that impact you. Maybe they cover issues that could impact your community in the future, or they just might be interesting. Nevertheless, here's what you need to know. Investigators have ruled arson was behind a fire at the former William Penn High School in Harrisburg. Penn Live reports firefighters battled the blaze yesterday morning for about two and a half hours. The fire and smoke caused a roof to partially collapse among the damage. It started in the former shop area. School hasn't been open since 2011 when it closed as a vocational technical school and for alternative education. A mid-state teacher has been named the 2024 Pennsylvania Teacher of the Year. The Sentinel in Lewistown reports Mifflin County High School teacher Ashley Crossan teaches 10th grade English, advanced placement language, and journalism, as well as serves as digital publication advisor. District Superintendent Vance Varner says the award is a testament to the dedication of Crossan and other teachers in the district to their profession. She's been in the classroom for 13 years and was selected from among a dozen finalists. The Teacher of the Year program honors excellence in teaching by teachers in kindergarten through 12th grade in public education who've made outstanding academic contributions to school-aged children in the Commonwealth. And now it is time to take another deep dive into an issue in Pennsylvania. Did you know almost half of Pennsylvania state parks offer camping? And to meet the rising demand, the state is proposing a new campsite at Big Elk Creek State Park in Chester County. But it does come with a fight. Zoe Reed is with our friends WHYY in Philadelphia, and she reports about why 500 people across the region have signed a petition against the proposal. As you drive around the winding roads of Landenburg in rural Chester County, you'll see trees, Amish buggies, and horses roaming open fields. Residents here, like Antia Consorto, say they enjoy the peace and quiet of the rural town. You always see something different. I had a bald eagle in my backyard the other day. It was beautiful. You don't get that living in other areas. As Consorto walks through her backyard, she sees rolling hills and valleys, farm fields with corn, soybeans and grains. But she's concerned this serenity might be in jeopardy. Three years ago, the state purchased 1,700 acres of land behind her house. And last year, it opened Big Elk Creek State Park. 
Now the state is proposing a new campsite, which could include RVs and electrical hookups. That prompted Consorto to start a petition. Consorto opens her backyard gate, which leads to the land now owned by the state. As the wind blows through the greenery, she points to a large hill in the distance that looms over adjacent houses and nearby neighborhoods. This open field, within eyeshot of homes, is the proposed site for camping. The wind always blows off of the field toward our neighborhood, so all of the smoke from the campfires will inevitably end up in our neighborhood, causing a problem for air quality. Consorto says she's concerned about increased traffic, noise, lights, and environmental impacts. Big Elk Creek State Park is home to 15 endangered or rare plants, as well as rare species like the short-eared owl. The land also sits along Big Elk Creek, which is a tributary of the Chesapeake Bay. We're happy to have people come and visit. We're not trying to. Hide this. We're not trying to stop people from coming. We're just trying to protect the environment and use it in such a way that it's low impact. Residents such as Ryan Kelly had hoped the land would be limited to as little foot traffic as possible. I love the state park system. I'm a huge advocate. We use them all the time. My family benefits, and I've camped in a lot of parks. I don't recall any state park I've ever camped in where it was within line of sight of a community or a neighborhood or a residence. The proposal even prompted resident and Pennsylvania State Representative John Lawrence to draft legislation that aims to legally define low-impact preserves. The demand for camping has been on the rise since the pandemic. Campsites and RV rentals have been booming. The only other state campsite in southeastern PA is French Creek State Park. Mark Johnson of Asbury, New Jersey, has camped for about 15 years. Including in Pennsylvania, and he runs a meetup group for outdoor recreation. He says campsites on state parks are popular because they're more affordable and larger than private sites. There's challenges to get reservations. They are extremely crowded. You need to make reservations probably months in advance if you want to get good sites. Johnson says he doesn't have an opinion on the fight over Big Elk and doesn't believe one more campsite would ease the demand. Wesley Robinson is a spokesman for the Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. He says the campsite proposal is conceptual and that nothing is set in stone yet. Robinson says the campsite would only be about five percent of the entire state park, and he says the state's goal has always been to protect the area from development and nurture the wildlife there. A lot of what we do is species protection、um, and making sure that their habitats are safe. So we're not coming in and creating some sort of resort-style park. We try to be minimally invasive to protect, you know, the native habitats and native species, because that's ultimately our top goal. Robinson says the state is open to a variety of camping styles at Elk Creek. However, there is increased interest in RV-style camping, and currently, about 75% of state parks that offer camping include RVs. Campers like Mark Johnson say RVs give people with physical limitations access to the outdoors. Some residents I spoke with say they'd be okay with primitive camping, but not with RVs. State park officials are meeting residents and township officials in January to answer their questions and address their concerns about the proposed site.
That's Zoe Reed from our friends at WHYY in Philadelphia. Well, just a reminder that The Morning Agenda is available anywhere you find your favorite podcasts and on WITF's YouTube channel. Now, I want to know what is the one song you are thinking about today, maybe when you were driving into work, maybe while you're in the office. Let me know all about it. Reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at TLambert895. And guess what? You can find me on Blue Sky under that same handle. Be sure to check out our Spotify playlist as well if you're looking for some tunes. It's called The Morning Agenda Song of the Day, December 2023. And you can give it a like if you enjoy any of my Song of the Day picks so far this month. Now, I called an audible this morning for my Song of the Day. Wasn't really feeling anything that was on the radio this morning. So I went with something that I've been playing a lot of since the weekend. And this is Glenn Hansard and Lisa O'Neill performing Fairy Tale of New York at the Pogue's Shane McGowan's funeral over the weekend. Just a gorgeous performance, a joyful performance. Check it out if you can. It's not going to be in my playlist, unfortunately, but you can find it on YouTube. The song, Fairy Tale of New York, from the Pogue's is definitely in the playlist you can find on Spotify. Now that I sorted all of that out, I want to tell you about support for the Morning Agenda and how it comes from the city of Lancaster, helping create a magical holiday season in Lancaster City by offering shopping from nearly 150 small businesses to find gifts for friends and family. Find more details at visitlancastercity.com. And just like that, that is going to do it for the Morning Agenda today. It's a daily news podcast from WITF where the only agenda is you. I'm your host, Tim Lambert. Thank you so much for listening today. Your company is always appreciated and never, ever taken for granted. So be well, enjoy the rest of the day, and we will talk again tomorrow.